I'd like to welcome y'all back to the Cover Ground Podcast. I am your host, Truest. I am my host. Kel Brown. Tracy. Man, we got the panel of black coaches, man. These gentlemen, man, doing great things for the community, their basketball team. I wanted to ask y'all too, man. Um, um, who do y'all like coaching philosophies? Who y'all build y'all coaching philosophies off of? Like, you know, you know, you got the uh, Greg Pakovich, the Coach K. Well, my mine's short and sweet. Tom I tell I'm a byproduct of my high school coach. Okay. Uh, my high school coach was Lee Clark. Um, he believed in a lot of things that I do. I believe that you know if you're able to teach kids basketball how to do some of the small stuff, take charges, box out, you will win a lot of games. Um, Lee Clark played for Coach Pop Williams at Eastside. So if I had to say who am I off of, I would say you know my coaching style is very similar to to Pop. Um, Talented kids, but getting them to do basketball things, yeah. take charges, uh, make bounce passes instead of chest passes, yeah. uh, you know, understanding the scoreboard. Those are the things that were taught to me. I mean, I know those came from, from my coach. He always used to brag about him having a charge record at Eastside. Well, you're the only white guy, so you better take charge <laughs> if you're trying to play. Um, but but that's 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 my style. It's I, if there was one coach, I wouldn't I wouldn't compare it to a collegiate coach. Definitely okay. not an NBA coach. I would have to say Herm Williams. You know, Coach Pop at uh, Eastside. You real key on fundamentals. Oh, absolutely. That's that, that, that because because the game. I mean, you're gonna run into talent. You you gonna see people who is just as talented. You gonna see people who can jump high, shoot, do sure. all those things. It's just who disciplined enough to go in there when they make that pro hop come to a stop and not not pass the ball and still run through you. Yeah. Um, there was multiple games this year. We had eight plus charges. You will not lose taking eight plus charges. If you lose taking eight plus charges, you've done something very bad. Um, it's kind of like hitting eight threes in the game. You know what I mean? Like that's hard to lose a high school game when you're eight to ten plus threes. So for me, it's every game we went into, we we, we want to take six to eight charges every game, and, and it puts you in a good spot. Championship game, we had five charges. Uh, right I mean, it's just it's just small stuff like that that I, I believe in. I don't know. I would, I would say I, I learned from so many different coaches. Uh, you know, I had an uh, opportunity to play for uh, Charles Ruiz here, um, and um, just winning was was a thing when we came through. You know, we uh, that was the mindset, right? That was the expectation. So I would say that's one of the things that I took from him, right? Coming in and expecting success, mm-hmm. right? You know, and um, and that's what I try to bring to our guys. You got to expect it, right? If you go in. Mentally, it's already over. So, you know, learning uh, uh, I, I coached three years with Travis uh, Chandler, and he just taught me preparation and, and hard work and getting different kids to buy in. So um, I learned a lot from him. Um, James Collins is one of my mentors that I call and I talk to uh, and, uh, you know, ask a lot of questions. Of course, I'm not getting the type of kids that he, have, he has over there, but just diff- different things, different approaches, how to approach different practices, how to, you know, um, so those are ones that I personally, uh, I would say as a player, one that taught me the most was actually a JV coach. His name was Mike. Uh, I know everybody here that played for Bay County High School would tell you, uh, Mike Landry, you know, uh, fundamentals were so key. Playing JV for him did so much for my game, right, being fast, quick, athlete that could handle the basketball. He would take me out the game for, you know, throwing behind the back pass. We up by 30 because we had goals, right? 80-40, right? They didn't get over 40. We got 80 points. There were 15 goals that we needed. Five, five on second calls, five charges. Uh, what was the last? Uh, what was that one tomorrow? I know you got to know this. Uh, five, five seconds. And there was a game we won by 20 points, right? We didn't get one of our goals. 
oh, we showed up and we practiced outside. We showed up in our travel gear and he said, y'all y'all got a choice. We, we got to get these 15. So y'all want a ladder, 15-step ladder? We got 15 suicides. And it just it showed me so much that was bigger than basketball, right? We had a goal. We didn't want to take that goal, right? Because oh, she don't play. Right. Play. So, play. It's the game. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what I learned from JV and, you know, coming in when, once we had a team my senior year that was full of all his former players. Man, we were number one in the state. We were 17-0 before we lost our first game because we had, like you said, we probably we probably broke a charge record that year. You know what I'm saying? Five, six, I was learning to stay in front of guys. You know, not just getting antsy and putting out, you know, and touching a whole lot and getting a lot of fouls that way. So, um, I would say I learned so much from him. But I ultimately, I take so much from so many different coaches. But I piggyback collegiate level um, – NBA, man, they're getting guys best of the best, man. Guys who have IQs out of this world. You know, we're getting kids who, who don't understand. We're not dealing with a shot clock. We're not dealing with – there's so many things that we're not dealing with. So, you know, I try to take what I learned from my experience as coaches and then as far as in my coaching journey, I've learned from every coach. Uh, right here beside me, I, I, let me stop it. Uh, Jerome, me and him talk probably – I, uh, uh, we we talk all the time, you know. We play. Well, I can't get him to play me. Yeah. So, yeah. so what I gotta do? Gotta, yeah. Yeah. Well, next time you talk to him, tell him yeah. I need a game. I need two. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, it's a lot of coaches out there, man. Um, you know that that I try to confide in and learn from. I go to coaches clinic every year. It hasn't yeah. been a year. Do y'all um do you base your uh your coaching style or coaching offense off the players that you get? Fit, in, fit into the system that yeah. I I feel like you you have to change your system daily because you never have the same type of guys. Mm-hmm. You know, and with football, Columbia always had a, a dual threat quarterback. Right. But then that went away when he left. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have a dual threat now. We got a pocket passer. So now you got to switch up. You know, it ain't no more zone read zone read offense. It's more pro style. Mm-hmm. Type of stuff. So I think as coaches, young coaches, even old coaches, we got to get out of our mind to adapt and learn new things still from other coaches and what they did when they had a post down quarterback. We might not do it the same, right. but we do it similar. Like, you know, and back to your last question when, when people I look for in my coaching style, I played for Trey Hartford. You know, he's the principal now at CHS. And his style was you're going to pick up. Baseline to baseline, nine to four, nine to four, four feet, and that was our philosophy. So that's why I changed my basketball players to be tough, take charges, because at the end of the day, we have tough kids in this rural area. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you go play other schools outside of this area, we really don't have tough. They don't have tough. They might have one or two, but they don't have ten. That's tough. You might okay. They might can't play basketball. <laughs> They tough as shit. Yeah. And goddamn it, in high school basketball, you gotta have some damn tough kids. And, and then on football, you know, you gotta have tough. My coaching style, Coach Nelson. He was my JV coach. It's a day. It was I hate Coach Monday. I hate Coach Nelson on Mondays. We gonna run the shit out of us, but during the week we ain't gonna have all that conditioning because we didn't bust our ass the whole half of practice running. And that's something I didn't took for my JV team. Is I hate Coach Bell Monday. Yeah, I'm gonna we gonna practice a half hour, and the other half we gonna get it. We gonna get it some suicide because I feel like you got the most conditioned team in football. In football, yeah. fourth quarter.
quarter, you gonna you gonna you gonna have enough in the tank to win that game. So that college, I watch a lot of college basketball, college football. I don't have no, I steal from a lot of college programs, yeah. plays wise, but I don't have no coaching style. You know, I'm I'm a Coach K fan, you know, but I don't try to coach like him, like right, um, right. whatnot. You know, I don't watch the NBA because I think it's too predictable, even with the NFL. Like I tell all kids, you want to learn, watch college basketball, college football. Because yeah. one thing about it, those kids that play college football, college basketball, they trying to get paid. To get, uh, yeah. So just, they gonna have a little bit more motor than. Like Coach Marcel said, you got NBA players make more than damn coach. Yeah. Hell, you go to LeBron won the Lakers. This <laughs> is true. So, therefore, you know, that's why I don't watch. I don't have nobody in the NBA. I don't have nobody in the NBA that I refer to as in looking at their style. I'm more of in the college ranks. When we're looking at coaches and, okay, they do this, I do that. Okay, let me steal this here. Yeah. And that's how I go. Wrong, who you coach like? I know the wrong coach like. Yeah, my high school coach. My high school coach was Daryl Lauderdale. He played, uh, he coached at Shamanon. He was tough nose, hard nose. He don't care about if you're injured, not, you still got to play. And my uh, college assistant coach, Corey Gibson, he was a point guard. He was on me every day. I wake up, it's a text message. Hey, where you at? I said, man, I got to take my son. I'm not trying to hear it. Let's go. So every day he was teaching me something new about the game in life. So that's how I do. College is it's everything. It's, they do everybody doing the same thing, trying to space it out, a lot of ball screens. They turn into like the NBA. So it's like you're just trying to explode a mismatch. So I could just say like those two coaches that helped me out a lot. And also Marcel, you know, I go when I go watch him or see him coach or when we play, we just talk about every like scenario. Hey Marcel, how you do this? Oh man, I do it like this. All right, I'm gonna tweak it like that. And he come to me the same thing, hey man, wrong, I like that set, man. But you tweak it this way. So, like, if you ain't stealing, mixing your thing up, yeah, you got to be able to adjust every game and every every game and, like, every year you got to change the plays. And Marcel going to call some plays, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, see, and we, coach, we coach youth sports, right? So, unlike collegiate level and the NBA especially, but we coach youth sports where every year is different. We, we have a different dynamic where kids are moving. So, you think that you know who you got. You yeah. think you know you got the personalities. And then come tryouts, they're not there. Or there's more there than what you thought was there. Um, so, you know, as an AD, when I interview people, no matter what the sport is, I ask, do you change philosophy to players or do the philosophy, do the players have to change to the philosophy? And I'm telling you, it's a hit every time. It's, it's a negative every time if somebody say, the players got to change to my philosophy. No, maybe they got to change to your culture, but not your philosophy. Because you don't you don't know. You don't know what you got. I mean, how can you be interviewing for a job at Bradford coming from Vero Beach? And my kids got, and these kids have to change to your philosophy. Like these kids are system kids. For one, you don't have four basketball players; you got ten athletes. So if you want them to run a Princeton-style offense, hey, buddy, I appreciate you for your time, but this ain't gonna work. You know what I mean? Like this ain't gonna work. And and I would be setting you up for failure, and I would be setting my players up for failure by trying to make this a bond, and it's not gonna work like that. So I think any coach here, they've all said it. We all know that as coaches in rural areas. We know what we want. We know the structure of it, but we just don't know how that's going. You look year in the year, your basic sets, your ball screens and stuff, you get it. But the depth of stuff, you may or may not. It, it was my goal this year to try to run a system, a motion-type offense, okay. and then whenever I'm ready, run a set. That didn't work like that because it took a lot of patience. My kids, didn't, they didn't have the patience to do that. So what I had to do was try to figure out how can I hide that in it. 
And what we kept doing is continuous ball screens, continuous ball screens, because my objective was just to shorten the game by, 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 by killing some of the clock. But their objective was they just want to go score. So I, we, we can do both of those. We just got to put it in the system. And what Coach Ryan was saying about just tough kids is um, in our state championship game, that, that team can shoot the lights out. But never had they had anybody within two or three feet on them, 94 feet over and over. Are you going to pick up fouls guarding 94 feet? Absolutely. But I got one. I'm going to raise my hand like the NBA, and I'm still right here on you. Dang, at two, two or three seconds after the inbound, I got two. Dang, now heck I'm a sub. And heck, what guess what that sub at? Right on your hip. Um, they, 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 that's just what they love. And I can't, I couldn't slow them down. And when you get teams like that as coaches like us, we can't slow them down. We got to make we got to make what we want to accomplish fit within the type of skill set that we got. So I think that, that kind of, you know, sum up what, what all us said as far as we, we, we change our philosophy to what we have year in and year out. Now, sometimes you got kids that you can put them in systems, but it's not, it's not always like that. And that's the beauty of it, man. Some people think you, you know, it, it's so funny. Two years ago, people thought I was a great coach. I won two games this year. People saying, you don't know what you're doing. I'm the same person. <laughs> right. I was the same person two years ago, but the same coach. But um, understand that, like you said, I don't think it's always even just the personnel because you could look at, man, you got some, you know, one of my most athletic teams in 10 years for me was the, the, the biggest struggle mm -hmm. because IQ. You know, we talking about IQ. And we talking about a sport that it's about repetition. Repetition takes time, right? Time takes access. You got to have access to a gym. So, and then you got to have drive. So, all those things put together, right? You got to have that in multiple people. One kid can't get it. You know, one kid. And and, um, and that's what I had to explain the team that I had that was really good. You know, I had three to four guys who put in time. And I said, guys, that had nothing to do with me. Right? One of my best players who's playing um, right now at Florida Gateway, right? Um, I was explaining to him, man, you got to get reps. If you want to shoot the ball, get reps. So, I was telling him, hey, man, you need to be shooting a 1,000 shots a week. However you can, because we're not going to have the access. I can't get you in the gym enough to get you that many shots, but you got to figure it out. He showed me on his iPhone, Tally, you know, like, Coach, you talking about like this, Tally, your shots like this. So I'm like, girl, what? Now I want to know, man, where you getting shots up at? You know, I'm in the barbershop, you know, a couple of days later, when the barber said, man, when are your players at Jonesville Park? Three o'clock in the morning, man, shooting. Right, the principal came to me and said, "Hey, coach, had a name written down, and you know, you know who this kid is." I'm like, "Yeah, he one of mine." Man, a resource officer came. A resource officer came into the gym, four o'clock in the morning. He in there shooting. I'm like, "I ain't give him a key." Like, so because now they're looking at me like, "You letting him in the gym?" I'm like, "No, nah, I don't even know why he came in." But I'm telling you, it was his drive, right? And that's why he's at. Wait, but that rubbed off on four or five other guys. You get what I'm saying? And 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 so that's what changed. But then I was able to coach different, you know. Like, guys, nah, man, you let so-and-so shoot the ball. You let them boys shoot it. I'm like, they put in the time. They understood spacing. They understood the plays. They understood. Like, so every team, not an athletic team, comes in a year or two later. We want to shoot like them. You let them just go. Nah, it didn't work like that. You know, now nah, that IQ is, hey, man, okay, let's try to run the same offense. Doesn't even look the same, yeah. Because they're not, they don't even, they don't even view it the same. Like you can tell them, man, you open right here. You came off the down, or we just, you know, we just set a drag screen for you. That's gonna be open. They're not seeing that. So, you know, that's that's why I say sometimes, man, it's 
This too. It's between the ears, man. Uh, the next question I got is the AAU. I heard two different, two different coaches and two different uh, college players and like an NBA player. In a sense, they were saying back in the day, AAU was a good thing, but now they feel like it's kind of hurting and. Uh, I forgot what I said, but he said the reason he said feel like I was hurting because when you get a kid, you get a kid that say he's uh, he's the number one recruit in the nation. He playing against a nobody, nobody busts his ass. You know what I'm saying? Now that nobody's on the radar, but now that number one recruit kind of declining because now everybody like killing him, so he kind of like. Go from number one to probably number eighteen because I guess of the team he playing on. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause he could be on a good team, but he can't really be. So I mean, I, be on a weak I team. Know. I think I can help with that coach. Now, like I said, I coached the AAU team down the show, but we had number one team in the country for two to three years. I don't want to chime in before you get started, but explain. And I think this is one of the things that needs. There's a difference in, and I'm finding this out later on. There's a difference in what we call we we call everything AAU. AAU is a, the main organization that everybody talks about AAU. But like, there's a lot of guys playing YBOA. They're doing other things on a smaller scale. But the the common term is AAU. So if you're fortunate enough to play AAU or uh, EBYL and and elite. That that's I don't think that's what people are talking about being watered down. I don't think that's the part. I mean, that's being bad for basketball. I think the other. But I just want to say that before we got started, to kind of because when you start talking about it, people may still think we're talking about their personal AAU, yeah. like AAU down the street that you know we go to, you know, Glenn and play every right. You know, that's that that's not AAU. And so and like I said, that's another part of parents educating themselves too. Because we're not, we we can't always be responsible. Because now people may take offense to that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, hey, man, so and so, my coach said you ain't no AAU coach. People, you know, you you messing with somebody's livelihood. You messing with my money. You know, so that's a hard position to put. You know, for us to be in. But I just wanted to, you know, before you got started, um, for everybody to understand that when we say AAU, right. Well, he's explaining this top tier EBYL. Yeah, like, I had, we, we were no one eighth grade team. We won the Adidas Middle School League. And then we got the, we got the contract to play on the Adidas Gauntlet for all the top high schools that's sponsored by Adidas. But I think when when people are talking about high school, you got some guys that's over the programs that's bad for basketball. And I think that's a part what NBA players is saying. You have certain guys, for one, they ain't for the money. Yeah. Cause you get you get plenty of money for these contracts for these teams. But they don't know basketball too at the same time. And I ain't gonna lie, I was I was on Thunder Show. I personally guy didn't know basketball. He didn't know how to recruit kids. And now that's the problem high school coaches have. That's a problem that NBA players have. Cause you look at an NBA player. His team ain't playing for just anybody. He playing for a team that got structure. Yeah. And 
they got somebody on their staff, like, okay, he got structure, he, he, he developing kids to get to the next level. Our program wasn't necessarily like that. And I was just getting into AAU basketball at that time. We wasn't developing them kids for the next level. We was just kicking people ass by 30. And everybody think we just, damn, boy, y'all, how the hell y'all get these kids? We just know how to network and get kids and talk to their parents and know how to get them. We took two kids off each one, teach one. And each one, teach one is a premier floor of the program. We took their two best players in seventh grade. And it was six, seven, six, five. We took their team. That made our team even better. So we started beating teams by 30, 20. Then next thing you know, we get Scott Barnes that's in the NBA. Adidas throwing everything. We go to them tournaments. You get called up top. It's some shit. Go down up there. Nah. That's the business moves up there. When you get, hey, coach, you and your partner come up here. You know, you got shoes. You got an envelope. And, you know, these got caught up in that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the main thing is that you have guys running programs that not in it for the kids. And high school coaches in our area really dislike that. And I know I told that's what one reason me and Coach Faulkner had fell out. It's because I was with a guy. He wasn't for the kid getting to the next level. He was just, okay, ain't nobody in the area doing what I'm doing. And I didn't see that at the time. Me and Coach Fonda had a bit fallout about it, but we back cool now. But now I see that, like, he really wasn't for the kids itself. Yeah, you'll take the kids. We stand at the Ritz Carson in Atlanta, but we stand out with down. Hey, you got a number one crew in the, in the state of Florida. They can give you a fuck they want to give you. Mm-hmm. Hey, your whole team going to be straight. But what about them other teams that's in your organization? How good is they? one main team, and that was our eighth grade, 2023 class, 2020 class, I mean, and they was loaded. You know, we had loaded. Every kid on that roster, either 90% of that roster, he playing college football, college basketball. It's almost like any other relationship, man, because people who are in it, you talked about your coach, man, a lot of people can't take or don't want to take honesty. You know what I'm saying? And so that's that's a whole part of a staff, too. You got to have a relationship with your staff, with your whoever, to be able to be honest with them. And that's the hardest thing when you deal with on that level and the next level. Um, and it, it puts us in some awkward situations. I say uh, a couple of years ago, I think uh, – 
uh, me and Coach Ron, we had uh, we were coming back. I was just jumping into coaching, and um, we had a local team. And I got a call. I wasn't living here, and they said, "Man, this team made it to AAU State." So. I was fortunate enough at 16, I got to play on Nike Team Florida. You know, I got a chance to see them do an HBO special on Amari Stoudemire. I got a chance to play against what I think is, you know, one of the most legendary teams in the area with the Lee Bulls when they had, I mean, I want to say 20 Division One athletes. And so, you know, what? I, and I was fortunate enough to sit on the bench and play and, and watch, you know what I'm saying? You know, I, and, and, and so I'm looking at it when I got the call, they – a team, our local team made it down to to the state tournament and then the championship. So I drove down and um, I drove down and I'm watching the game, right? Of course, it take you about two minutes in. You know, you whispering, this is the championship? Yeah, yeah. This is the championship game? And so I asked, because y'all know at this point, most teams that are playing on high-level basketball in Florida, you don't need to be out of Miami Got it. You go Orlando, Central Florida area. You know, Jacksonville at some point. So I think this team was from Naples. And I'm like, I ain't really heard of Naples being a powerhouse in basketball. So, but what I'm saying is, so after the game, we won the game, and I'm new to this. So I'm oblivious to this new AAU thing. So I'm like, man, well, these kids might be all right. Now, from what I've seen, I'm thinking I'm making harsh judgment, right? So I go to a coach and say, hey, man. So as I'm talking to him, I hear, Basketball. When I say I hear basketball, I hear a bunch of people screaming, ah, hey man, what's going on? Who, who playing over there? Oh, oh, no, that's top, that's top level AAU over there. Which, wait, 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 wait. What do y'all mean? So, right, right, right. I, at the time, like I said, I'm oblivious to this. I'm like, wait, oh, so this is not, so how does it work? And they said, well, it's, it's different divisions, right? So they explain gold bracket, silver bracket. So now I'm asking, so, what bracket was this? Oh, this 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 bronze. This this you know this this the lowest one. And I'm like, wait, all these kids now are getting ready to enter high school and getting ready to be coached, really coached, really for the first time, coached hard, being told that they're not good and they're leaving from winning the state, a state title, bronze, right? Participation. So now. Tell me the challenge for a coach to get 12 or 13 kids who at this, in their mind frame, they're top in the state, right? They're top in the state. So that's what I think where we say a lot of coaches are upset about it. That's a challenge for a coach. Because, you you know, now these kids, some of them are expected to do what? Make varsity next year. And their parents expect them to do what? Make varsity next year. I just, you know, I just watched my boy down here win state. Ma'am, he can't, he can't go and make a left-hand layup three times in a row right now. And now the challenge isn't on you. Well, Coach, you don't know what you're talking about because on this level. So, you know, like I said, that's where some of the things come where, co where high school coaches are. It's a challenge for them because now they got to explain, in a sense, their specialty. Because, you know, you got high. That's supposed to be your – this is what I'm doing for a living. Now you have to – Question what you're able to do because of something that happened, like I said, on the AAU circuit. So I think that's one of the challenges. Uh, how do y'all feel like the transfer portal is hurting the 
the seniors. Because I heard, I think I heard uh, Coach Prime say he had like uh, maybe six scholarships um, for high school kids because. Five, 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 okay, five, yeah, because he. He was like, he grabbed out because he know what the transfer portal, he already know what, you know, they expect, you know what I'm saying? So, how do y'all feel like that's hurting the the ones that's coming out of high school, like, besides the, you know, the top notch, like, the ones that probably would be playing for Coach Prime, but he ain't looking at him because he's snatching that one out of that transfer from Florida or Georgia or somewhere. Well, see, I'm going to transfer myself. I, I don't really think it, it's hurting a high school kid, but it's not. It's actually helping them. Letting them know, like, hey, man, I still got some, some learning to do. Because some, some scenarios, like I'm going to tell you, it's true. You can get recruited, and there's somebody that's on campus already that the coach already got the scholarship for anyway. And the kids don't even know that. So you coming in thinking, oh, man, you ain't see him all summer. You just see somebody pop up in practice. He been in already. So what about that kid? So I, it's hurting, but it's actually helping because it, it gets some kids humble. Because the kid be like, I'm, I'm best in the city. I'm best in this area. And you go up against a guy that he been there. He know what's going on. Yeah. He more prepared. He knows the business side. So it's actually helping the college, hopping a little high school kid. Hey, man, understand. Like, hey, it's a grind, baby. Like, I'm here to kick your ass just like you're here to kick my ass. But then some of these mid-majors is really hurting the high school kid because there be some local talent guys that could really play at like a J.U., now, but you're gonna go grab this guy from Florida that averaged two minutes, then he come to you do the same thing. Two minutes. Yeah, two that, minutes. That's the only thing I think it hurt. But other than that, yeah, I don't really think it hurt these high school kids. You, you get humble fired fast. I think, it, I think it does humble kids, but it is hurting. So uh, at Bradford, I had last year during the COVID, we had two kids uh, with Division One offers. And I think that was the hardest thing ever for recruits because you couldn't go on campus. You had to see whatever they showed you on the Zoom call, whatever they showed you on the camera, um, to try to make a decision on where you're going to go spend four years of life at. So whenever you make that decision based on what they're showing you in the camera and you get there and ain't nothing like that, any of us would say, damn this, I'm out. So I'm still that same guy. I'm still that same talent. They just didn't show me what was outside that camera. So when I get in this portal... To you, coach, over here at Oklahoma now, I am the same guy. I can do the same thing for you. So the, the transfer portal hurts, because, I mean, for, for, in my opinion, because um, kids who would get opportunities, they don't, they don't get those opportunities um, because I can find another kid. The transfer portal is equivalent to free agency. Um, you know what I mean? It's, I don't have to shop over there. I'm a huge Clemson fan. Anybody knows that. Um, I have relatives who coach at Clemson and – you know, before this year, Clemson would never get anybody out of the portal. Well, now you have to because everybody that you're competing against are getting players out of the portal. portal yeah. So whenever you get the Georgia guy going to South Carolina out of the portal and you think you're going to go get the guy from Lakeland, well, go ahead and go to Lakeland because now I'm going to go get this kid from Georgia who's 6'8", you know, 320 at defensive tackle. But you go get that one from Lakeland who, you know, 18 years old and he 6'3", 310, but don't know what the hell going on. He getting trapped every play, and all you can, you, you just can't compete with it. So um, I get why they did it. You know what I'm saying? I think if a coach can move one year, after, you know, from year to year, I think a player should have that same luxury. Yeah. If a coach getting paid millions, I think a player should have that same luxury. But it does hurt. It hurts the next class after that. So for me personally, 
Um, the transfer portal is what it is. I don't think it's ever going to go anywhere. It's just not a good – it just hasn't been good for football. Um, what you have been able to see, though, in the transfer portal, though, is the talent's been able to spread out. Um, it's not just your Clemson. It's not just your Alabamas. It's, it's everybody. I mean, you know, you, you get a nobody, they might make a run. You know, they – Clemson ain't making it to the national championship this year because we losing the, the peons, but it's because them peons got players in different positions. You know, they the guys are looking for opportunities to go and play. We talked earlier about Emory, you know what I mean? Emory Jones, Emory should be starting somewhere. He yeah. gonna go somewhere and start. He gonna go to a small conference, start, and he gonna do like Cam Newton did. He gonna run through people, and, and people won't get opportunities as before. So, um, I, I recognize the transfer portal. I don't, I don't personally like it. But I do like the fact that it does empower athletes a little bit. It, it lets them be able to, you yeah, know, you know, be able to do their thing a little bit. Uh, but it hurts that incoming class. For me, I don't like the transfer portal. For me, being a recruiting coordinator, I'm trying to help high, a lot of high school kids get into college. But when you talk to them college man, looking at the transfer right here, even Charleston Southern, you know, they saw as shit. Church school, played Division One AA, but they don't want high school kids. Man, it's a kid from Cincinnati. What about for instance, my cousin played for Cincinnati. He went in the transfer portal. Charles Southern came to Columbia during the open period to talk about him. But damn, I got a kid right now. They can come play for you. And we really want this kid here. You know what they think about Charles Southern? Man, he ain't going to Charles Southern. What about this kid here? Still in picture on Southern. Now you missed out on the kid I could have put you on mm -hmm. yeah. because you went all in on this kid that I told you from the fact that he's not stuck he's not, he not coming there. Too he ended up going to Old Dominion. They're group five, play in the Conference USA, really good, really good football in that conference. So he's not coming there. And I think it's bad just, you know, these high school, it's a lot of high school. If you ain't power five, got the measurables, it's tough. It's tough to sell, it's tough to promote you. And the transfer portal and the NAI deals made it even harder. Because now you can go in the transfer portal and the school might offer you 60K, 50K. Hey, man, I got 50K for you come to school. What you going to do at 18 years old? All right, we going to get you a scat pad on a dog truck. Man, this is what they doing. All right, I'll call your boy. I'm going to transfer portal. What you want to do? Go to transfer portal. Now you, three other kids teaming up at one school. And now these high school kids got to go JUCO. And they got, and ain't nothing wrong with JUCO at all. I think it's, JUCO is good, but when you got kids that got the grades, got the measurables, dude, that should be playing mid-major somewhere, but they got to settle for JUCO. Now in JUCO, you got a different, you got housings. Some JUCOs don't give you housing. No, you go to JUCO in California, you got to pay for your, your housing. Or you go to Mississippi where they pay for your housing. So it's, it's, it's different. You know, some kids ain't fortunate to, to go JUCO. JUCO ain't for everybody. I think you got to have tough skin to go to JUCO. So I think the transfer portal is bad in my, in my eyes. I got mixed feelings about the transfer portal, uh, I know, on the basketball side. Uh, because, on the, you know, the pros, the pros to it for me is I think it makes prep schools and, and JUCOs more appealing, which for a lot of kids, that's it should be. Right? The kids who are need to get more development, need to play a little bit more, get more experience. I think it helps those kids making it 
you know, more realistic. Oh, you might have that combo guard that six two can score, right. but you got to be a point guard. Now. Right, you like, got to learn. Level. You got so time to learn. Juco might be right. like Kenny Gaines, for instance. Right. He, when he came into high school, he was a combo guard. I don't think he didn't shoot threes. But he never ran a team. Right, right. right. So I can, yeah, you probably can shoot it, but man, they got a six five guard that can shoot it. Yeah, man. Go, go Juco. Run the team, learn how to be a point guard. Now the kid is a Juco All-American because he, now he went in and learned the school. Kenny Gunn? Yeah. yeah. Now he know how to learn how to play the one. He know how to carry a team. He was he was handicapped in high school because he played with a great point guard, Dan Jones. Yeah. The only thing Dan Jones will do is beat the, beat the one-on-one and kick it to you. And Kenny was a 40% yeah, yeah, he got a lot of open looks. And, and, and that's what I say. I, that's why I think that's the pros to it for a kid. You know, kids like that need that development. And then, because I don't think it necessarily hurts a top tier recruit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kid that committed early on, I don't think it. I think, I think the middle, you know, the mid majors, the kids who. Coaches are questionable about maybe size. They lack size. They lack something. So I think it does affect those kids. But ultimately, you know, like I said, I think JUCO and preps, preps should be should have been more appealing to some of these kids that you talked to. And, and, and it wasn't a realist or they downplayed the JUCO. Where when you tell a kid right now in high school, hey man, we got a couple of junior colleges that you know they want to know about you. They kind of look at you frown. But now it's more of a realistic Let's thing. Think. And I think for basketball, Florida Juco have pretty good have good Juco programs oh, in Florida, third in the nation. You know, so therefore, when you got a mid major you go play Juco ball in Florida, you should go. Definitely when you can get a chance to go play at Chipotle, a Florida Southwestern, uh, in the river. Even prep school, I think, uh, what's the, I can't think of his name, but the dude got one in Orlando, down in Orlando way. Home, Aaron Holmes, that's his name. It wasn't like it before, what? He got a good pro. He got a good. They're popping up even more. He now. got a good prep school. He's legit. He's legit. I think he had more success with post players, though. Like, if you a post player, I would like, you need prep, I would send you there. Oh, uh, wing. I don't think he, like, guard, point guard wise. No, no, no. But if you a wing and a post player, I'll gotcha. send you prep school there. Because he developed wings and post players. Gotcha. And but like we, and it, where we from, hell, all basketball teams down to go JUCO unless you, if you that guy, you live in either and at your high school or you transferring to the Rock Island Jail, my bird, back this way. And we have one of those kids that that can go there. You know, kids just don't pop up. Schools don't just don't pop up in all rural areas for basketball. Like we had Saint when I was alive with Malcolm. St. Brendan Richard coach come out of the gym. But he came, he was in the Atlanta area. He thought we was in Swanee, Georgia. He didn't know we was in Swanee, Florida. So he told me why he came because I told y'all I was coming. I, I, I'm going to keep my word. He drove four hours to our gym in the middle of nowhere because he thought we was in Swanee, Georgia. Right. We in Swanee, Florida. So so you, you don't have, we have resources to JUCOs here in our area. Like we can get them in the Florida Gateway. Santa Fe. They shut the school down in Ocala, but we know Chipotle coach. We know Tallahassee TCC coach. So we have more connections for basketball than send our kids Juco. We don't have 
all those connections unless they play on the EYBL circuit on the Adidas circuit and no coach can see them visually. You know, so that's my that's my thing on that on, on the basketball standpoint. I agree with you. Y'all think um Cause it hurt me to my heart, man. Old old Travis on the flipped on us. But y'all think they're gonna because he got that deal with Barstool. Uh, Barstool. Barstool. Yeah, I know. With, to go to Jack, well, really with Jackson State. Go to Jackson State. Yeah. Fuck. You got what? Y'all think it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With Barstool. Barstool. Yeah. 1.3 million, I think? Really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah, that was easy. I, 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 I think if the NCAA don't put a handle on, like, the amount you can get from it, from an NIL deal, all with the transfer portal, it gonna be bad. Like you gonna have now some kids don't might don't have that same goal to go to college. Like when they get an yeah. idea and get a million dollars, I can flip it. I can flip a million dollars. The state of Texas for the fuck. You know, the state of Texas. Everything. Yeah. My son stay in Texas and he plays six U forty five. They youth football run a better program than some of these damn high schools in yeah. Florida. So bad. So better bad. facilities. So bad. Than you saying you saying NIL bad? No, I'm not saying it's bad at all. I Get your bad. But I'm saying you Samson. I give you a million dollars. You might have a goal to go to the NBA. But you get a million dollars, two million in a car. You might not have that same drive no more. Sure, sure. You might do, like some people right. might do, some people might don't. Yeah, but me personally, I'm from fucking Lake City fucking for you give me two motherfucking million dollars yeah. going to college. Yeah, I'm gonna get this degree. Man, I'm finna flip what where to tell your body. I go to the NBA right. and I got this. Man, tell about it. What, what was the purpose of NIL? Likeness. What was the purpose of NIL? Likeness. That's what it's called, name, image, and likeness. What's the purpose of it? The purpose of NIL is so players can get paid for that name, image, and likeness. That means I'm going to give you your value for your name, image, and likeness. It doesn't matter if that's $15 million or whatever, your value. I watched my best friend miss out on more money in college than he made in the NFL. CJ made Clemson more money than they ever made, than, than anything, than he made in the NFL. So let me ask you this. There shouldn't be no cap on no NIL. So it shouldn't be no cap. So, no way. So if there ain't going to be no cap on it, it say CJ. Now he, he, goes, he was a damn Hall of Fame football player. You, use Tebow. So, use Tebow. Tebow. Use so you Tebow. think Tebow would have had the same drive to get to the NFL if he'd made all that money at Florida? It wouldn't have mattered. But here's what would have been equal. What he would have been making and what the college would have been making. I think it's been proven. Yeah, okay. I think yeah, it's, I that's yeah. the only purpose right. of NIL. NIL ain't about a cap or anything. Like that. It's so that you can get paid for your name, your image, and your likeness. There's no way I can sell a jersey with 15 on the back and make two billion dollars, and you can't get you can't get 15 million. There's no so, and, and every player don't have the same value. Every every person or organization don't got the same value. Every you know. Ten janitors, they all ain't got the same value. They all get paid the same. That's not real. And, and same thing with NIL. A player should not, you as the safety third string can't get mad at me and I'm taking every snap and mother's blitzing at me from every angle and I'm the quarterback. No, I'm the quarterback, so I'm going to be able to take these two million because just like when I, when I throw interceptions, guess what I got to live with? All these, and, and the kicker, the kicker, they got to live with the death threats. And all this stuff, and they win games? No way. No right. way. The purpose of NIL is so that the players can get paid for what they're worth. Right. And if, if a player is worth more than his coach, damn it, he worth more than his coach. Tom Brady is worth more than buying enough. I don't give a damn what you tell me. Jeez. 
You'll see it more in football because simply in basketball, the competition is you have the DB, right? You have players that are opting to go to the right, 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 right. And there's, there's they don't have that in football. So you know, they don't have football because now if I'm in the D League, if I'm in the, in the NBA Development League, I'm associated with the NBA organization, mm-hmm. right? That means my foot is halfway in the door. So even though I'm getting, I am getting paid, right? I'm getting, I'm getting paid. That's why a lot of the basketball players are going to the D League now. They're not. You don't see a lot of the bigger Neil deals with the basketball players. You're gonna see more with football players. Why? Because the competition. You know what I mean? There's no other competition. But when a player can go and say, "I'm gonna go to the D League," I think they'll sign with less money than going to a college program because you're associated with an organization that you can move forward with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and earlier you were saying instead of Texas gonna mess up NIL deals and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's because Texas got more to offer. Mm-hmm. They, they got they, way they, more money. They got more money yeah. to offer. Yeah. They got more assets to offer. Mm-hmm. When they, that's what's really gonna mess up. It's not even gonna be the money. It's gonna be when they start offering assets. That's when people gonna really get messed up because when you start giving kids real estate and you because people NIL ain't just monetary. It's anything. If, if a kid can get mm-hmm. a car. If, if I can give you a Dodge, I can give you seven acres. It's, it's not it's not just monetary. So when they start giving land and stuff in Texas, and that, they're going to gonna, they gonna kill the game because players are going to go leave the state of Florida and not going to go to the University of Florida. They're going to go to TC. They're going to go to the, the, the SMU. Yep. And they're going to go to all the schools out there in Texas. That's full circle, though. That was, isn't that similar to what they were doing back in the day, right? giving players money in Texas? The SMUs are Texas have always had. Right. Texas, Every, everybody has. Yeah, yeah, te- yeah Texas yeah. has always been the place of resources. Nobody, nobody has money like Texas. But when you got like you got places like UT offering office alignment fifty grand a year mm-hmm. to come here, multiple. Of yeah, them. you you can't you can't compete if I'm. Let's say if I'm Florida State, I'm Florida. Know, and, and I'm trying to rebuild my program, but these guys offering 50 Gs, like mm-hmm. these bull games gonna either have to come off some money or Texas gonna be winning these national championships. Yeah, that's that's gonna be the nature of it. And then honestly though, I think it's gonna change the scope of college football, period. Because now some of the better players, you're not gonna have nobody's gonna be able to monopolize. Like one team can't. You know, you right, right. I, I don't I don't think we're gonna see where you're gonna have five of the top ten athletes go to Right. Yeah, look at what Jimbo Fisher did this year when he got when that NIL shit came in. Right. Look at how many five stars he got in the years past at Texas A&M versus this year. And I, and I think it's going to happen in the future. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. going to be where, like, now you're talking about the Jackson State kid. What was he ranked? Right. So yeah. what I'm saying is now look what he did to the scope of Division One football. And, and that's He's not the, even going to be playing. Yeah, that. you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. take him out the equation now. So one of the other things that it changes is NIL is all marketing, right? So your 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 agents in the league they have to be you know they have to be league agents have to pass the test. Well, in with NIL now you don't have to be granted into a league. So your your people like Rich Paul and there was a deal where he had to pass the test and he had to be into the league. Well now. You, with NIL, you don't have to. All you need is seven years of negotiation. That sounds like a long time, but I'm already on year three of negotiating with NIL deals. And all you have to do is do one deal. So now you are open the door for people like me to be able to go and be agents in these leagues and represent these type of players. Yeah. So the NIL makes it to where people like this can make millions and millions of dollars by not changing. And that's where I think they're really going to hold a book at because 
Now you're changing what we stand for. Now you're changing what we say you got to pass our test again. Because back then it was you got to pass our test or seven years. You'll do seven years of negotiating. Yeah. Easy, yeah. easy now. Because, in, in, you know what I'm saying? Like at some point it's going to be where you're, you're always at seven. I'm on year three already. And, yeah. I, and that shit ain't, you know, like I ain't done nothing. You know, I'm not two deals. You know, mm-hmm. so, so that's going to, the NIL not only changes people like that, but it's going to change people like Bell. I guarantee you. It'll change people like Bell because, you know, next year you will have your, you have a, a, a really good core of your kids in the collegiate level. So you, you sign one taco deal, one or two deals with them, and then you keep doing that. In seven years, you can represent and represent the league. You know what I mean? Like, you can you can work for the NFL. Like, you can be an agent or a marketing representative in the NFL. So that the for me personally, NIL have made me money. It have made the two players that I'm representing money, and it has allowed them to be comfortable in school. Um, and they ain't big deals. They're 15000 You talking about 15000 they ain't played a down. I ain't done nothing. And all that is is the people that just didn't represent me. They done got me, you know, back in my small rural communities. We live in Bradford. This kid make $15,000 out of start. He don't make nothing in, in North Straight Carolina. Straight out of high school. Right, right, in, right in start. In his own scholarship. You're talking about a full ride already in this $15,000. So I like it because, like I tell you, as a player and as a coach, you know, Jimbo could wake up in the morning and Jimbo making more money right now than we know what to do with. So you mean to tell me Isaiah Spiller can't make nothing? And I'm the one that's running through these holes and doing all that and I can't get nothing out of it. So, I, I listen, I'm a big fan of the of NIL because it, it does a whole lot. It does a whole lot And the fact that NCAA, they ain't spending a dime on it. That's it don't what cost them. Yeah, it don't cost them nothing. A lot of people don't realize that. It don't cost them nothing. And it keeps people in their league, in their organization longer. Yeah. If, if I'm getting a million dollars, two million dollars, yes, I know I'm a big time pick, but shit, if it's a Jaguar and I ain't ready to go, I ain't ready to go. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, I ain't gonna go. At some point, they gonna go to. Either way, if, if you Travis Hunter, you gonna you ain't going nowhere where you want to go anyway. Yeah. But you don't have you you don't you don't have to go. You know what I mean? Like it ain't gonna you gonna have more four year students. You could have more four year students. I don't think you will, but you could have because they're not worried about the financial piece of it. They they got that part of it, but. Like, like you said, $2 million at 18 years old. Or, right. It's a big difference. You know I don't what know what I'm going to do. It's going to give people like Bell way more value. Because yeah. in, in this world, in that particular world, bro, you you are, your value is who you represent, mm-hmm. right? Because now the more and more you keep representing these athletes, right, it's that one or two that has so much value mm-hmm. that they put value on you, yeah. right? They want to know who's associated with this person because I need, I need them. You know, like you said, it's all marketing. It's all when you get into the marketing part of it, you know, you look at some of these marketing gurus who I think when we talk about some of these athletes, like, you know, we talk about deals like uh, uh who is it, Derrick Rose or his brother. Oh yeah, his brother yeah. got his brother got shoes, his brother got money. Right. Yeah. But that's just that's the value of him. Mm-hmm. So now the value of the athlete extends out to people it's not around. Just that. It's not just you get what that. I'm saying? So for somebody like yourself that's associated, that's you know, has a relationship with them. Now these people, because I want to do business with them, I have to be, I have to be in connection with the people. And that's the truth. Like them. right now, you are valuable to, mm-hmm. to colleges, but mm-hmm. there's no, you know, ain't no monetary exchange like on the on the. There, there may be, but I mean, it's not like, no, I'm not talking to y'all unless it's this. But you have that type of influence. You. I mean, like I told you, I, I watched you help one of our players get a deal and uh, offer in 10 minutes by running around a damn hula hoop. 
That's when the shit came real to me. Who the hell is Ryan Bell? I need to know because if you can pick up the phone and give a kid a star. And in in NIL, stars mean money, right? Stars mean money in NIL. So if you're a five star, you already at six figures. Nobody, no five stars ain't going nowhere and they ain't making a hundred thousand. It's not gonna happen. And, and three stars, so that mean they had sixty, fifty thousand dollars. Stars mean money, and people like you have the ability to pick up the phone and say, "Hey, coach, I think this kid right here is he's earned the star three stars." I watched the coach from SFE seven on seven pick up the phone and tell him to take a star from a kid. I log on, hit refresh, and they got three star now, you know, four star. Like it's just influence, man. It's it's crazy, but it extends nil extends the game to so many people and opens so many doors for people, man. Hey, man, I just want to say appreciate all y'all, man. It was a good interview. You know, some guy I just met, Ryan Bell. I think you're a good guy, man. Oh, nothing but love. Okay, I will be reaching out to you about some of my players. Marcel, you know, we got a good relationship. Got Samson. Yeah, I got some open dates, Samson, <laughs> we can play. But, like, my thing is, man, always be ready to learn. Each day, get better, learn something each day. That's my goal every day to try to learn something small. It's anything, and I tell my players that, too. I'm excited about you know things that's coming up and, and, and all the opportunities, man, and working with Bill and continuing to work with y'all. Like I told y'all, I'm gonna announce on the podcast. I ain't told nobody. Go ahead, man. As a head coach, go ahead, man, go ahead, I'm gonna go ahead, on and announce it right here yeah, on the cover grounds. Uh, 2021-2022 was my last year coaching high school basketball. I'm going out on the state championship, man. And if you are interested in coming over to Bradford, man, applications will be open. Uh, Can I send mine through a text? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be formal, man. But I'm going to go out as a champion, man. I'm going to stay in administration um, and, and try to grow in that. So uh, it's been a pleasure coaching Rome and Marcel. You know, every offseason we talk. And we uh, try to get together a schedule. I think Rome was ducking this year, but uh, <laughs> it was full. But uh, but no, it's it's actually been a pleasure talking to y'all and kind of you know bouncing basketball stuff off y'all and um, you know just being able to just consult and y'all try to figure out some wisdom. Y'all actually were coaching before me, um, so to to be able to get in that circle of coaches, uh, we joked earlier about. You know, going into games and being able to look across the sideline and coach against Trent, who has a black coach, coach against Baker, coach against Ridgeview, coach against, you know, all the schools out of our 26 games. I think I coached against 15 plus African American coaches, which is which is a very, you know, very humbling thing for me um, because it, it shows that we all looking out for each other and we all in the same network. So um, it's been an honor, it's been a pleasure, but I'm gonna have to. Uh, Put the cleats up, man. Put the shoes up and, and take it on to the house. Yeah, man. That's it, man. I, I done cut down my last net, man. That's, that's it, right there, man. That's what's up, man. Hey, man, listen, man. We appreciate y'all fellas coming through and blessing the yes, Cold Browns podcast, man. We salute everything y'all doing. Man, we, we, we wish y'all the best on y'all journey, man, of helping these kids get to where they're trying to go. Um, y'all got any last words y'all want to tell anybody what expectations y'all got for the season this year? Plug anything, plug anything any up. businesses, whatever, yeah, man. Where to find Let me get my there. plug in, man. Real quick, this Sunday night, y'all tune in to my interview with News for Jax. It's going to be on 6 o'clock. They end at 6, 11, and 11.30 with Chris Porter. Um, it's a state championship interview, man. That's going to be my finale. That's my last interview. Congratulations. Oh, so y'all y'all check that out. <laughs> We really can't follow that, man. You know, we, we back to business as usual, man. We 
trying to be better every year. Trying to, you know, work and get better. Listen, listen to me. Back every year. <laughs> please, don't, please don't show up. Please don't show up in my banquet. You know what I'm saying? But uh, but no, man. Um, that's it, man. We uh we back at it, man. We do it cause we love it. You know uh we here for a reason. Yeah. Uh, I feel like everybody that's doing this has a purpose to do it. Have a, has a passion to do it. So I commend everybody that I see. Like you said, looking across that that court and knowing and having and, and seeing people value over there that we know that we can. You know, we can talk to and confide in, man. It's always a pleasure. Um, so, uh, like I said, I, I look to be back at it, doing it again. Um, I want to thank God for being able to do it because I don't know how long we're going to be able to do it. So, uh, appreciate the time that I've had, and I love this journey. And uh, we're going to keep pressing on and try to be better. That's it. My plug in, man, our expectation. I told myself when I became a varsity coach, I'm going to win state championship in four years. Hey. I'm year two now. <laughs> so I got two to go, but I think I got a very, very good uh, chance with this now. new <laughs> suburban metro thing going on in Florida. I think we can probably make a run for a state championship this year. This is our expectations, man. And I, my slogan is workers work. I think everybody, you know, if you're a worker, you work, you know, and I've tried to feed that off onto anybody I'm around, my players, parents, you know, people I look up to. You know, everybody got a job to, job to do. And if y'all have a chance, go listen to Steve Harvey about the the rope in the wagon. You know, there's only one person that can pull that rope, but you have other people on that wagon that's responsible for something. Somebody responsible for kicking is keeping it going. Somebody's responsible for getting off that wagon and moving on rocks. But when you get in life, he said when you get when you get when people get comp on your wagon, they bring you no value. People that bring me no value, and I challenge everybody, you know, cut, you got to cut them off in some type of way. You know, be around like-minded people, people that got the same drive for you and me, man. The only thing I want around me is people that work. You know, sure. workers work. Wrong. This episode of the Cover Grounds Podcast, man. I'm your host, Truist, man. Got my, uh, my host, Kel Brown. Yeah. Tracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, peace, life, love, and blessings. We out, y'all.